to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This was a massive week regarding American K-12 education and peak insanity that is taking place. Um, and I'm going to prove it to you in this particular episode. There are four major themes here that I want to cover with a variety of topics throughout that, um, that will certainly prove that this is the case. The first, I want to go over some of the general COVID lies that continue to exist and how they are getting worse. I also want to cover, second, a number of the school closures that are taking place because schools are closing all over the United States. Pick a state, pick a district, it doesn't matter. Endless schools are closing, if not entire full-blown districts. They're going back to online learning. Um, they're reinstituting masks again. And uh, yeah, so there's that. I also want to bring up um, an aspect of something that I haven't brought up before, and this was tossed to me by my aunt, and she's a church choir director in North Carolina. She's completely awake, totally unjabbed, as is her family. Um, but the ministers that are in control of a lot of these churches have lost their minds, and they are talking out of two sides of their mouths. And they are full-blown encouraging endless individuals who attend their churches to get jabbed, get boosted, keep wearing the masks, X, Y, Z. And there's a memo that I want to read that she sent my way that was tossed out apparently to all of the North Carolina Methodist churches. And it really is frightening. But I'm, I'm going to read that because, again, it's a perfect example of how you can read exactly what they're writing and what they're telling everybody, and it takes you right into their own mind. I mean, it's, it's just a perfect, crystal clear image of, of what they're actually thinking and how there is no thought, because they don't even hear themselves contradict themselves uh, in their own writing. They, they, they type it out. Apparently, they don't even proofread anything, and they can't even pick up on what it is that they're writing. So it's very, very telling. Uh, the next thing and last thing that I want to cover here, which again will sort of encompass all of this to some extent, is locally in the school district where, where I am, that, that exists in my town, they of course are completely insane. The people running the show here have lost their minds. And they're spreading all of that mental illness on countless other individuals that they are working with and working around. I'm shocked that they even get up in the morning and can show their face out in public, to be honest. But there's another issue that's going on within this school district, and it has to do with the mismanagement of sexual misconduct, alleged sexual misconduct, which it, it, I'm just going to call it sexual misconduct because it is, because you wouldn't go to these steps if it didn't actually happen. But in the most recent school board meeting this past Monday, I'm going to play for you the entire public comment section. The second individual who speaks is the father of a middle school girl who apparently had her male business teacher grab her on the side of the arms and then ultimately swiped the front of her chest with his, with his hand. Um, and apparently, as the story goes, this isn't the first time that these kinds of things have occurred, either potentially with him or with other individuals who work throughout the district. Um, 
it also made the local news in, in the Cincinnati area. Cincinnati news station came up to our town and again uh, re- reported on this and spoke with the dad and, and spoke with the the female student. But they went to the board meeting and they let the board have it. And you're going to hear his comments. What I'm then going to do is I'm just going to play the the remaining comments from the public comment section because other individuals start standing up and just berating the board about covering up this, covering up that. This is not a safe environment. And again, this is a perfect example of how the old hashtag Me Too movement really ensnared the wrong people. I mean, it ensnared the very people that were that were supposedly on the right side of history regarding all of this. And as it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, it's they who are the sexual predators. It's they who are the ones that are covering up the sexual misconduct and the sexual abuse, in particular among minors. And it's disgusting. So that's the episode here. Um, I hope I've laid it out as, as clearly as I can. So let's dive in. First of all, all right, deep breath. Here we go. The Senate hearing that took place in Washington, where Fauci was up there and being yelled at by Rand Paul and uh, Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director and the FDA director, and there was another communist sitting at the table as well. I watched the entire hearing, and not a single comment was made regarding, again, the validity of the tests. Not one. There was not a single comment on it. Testing, testing, testing was the only thing that they were really talking about, not the validity of the tests. I want to make this abundantly clear. Ladies and gentlemen, in the FDA's own paperwork, they clearly state that the tests do not test for anything, that they do not work, they are not reliable, they don't test for SARS-CoV-1, SARS-CoV-2, or any variant whatsoever. This is in the FDA's own paperwork. You can look it up on their website. The next thing is this. There are, so th- th- that was the hearing, basically. I'm, I'm putting the hearing to the side. It's always fun watching Rand Paul uh, cut Anthony Fauci a new one. Absolute, I mean, it's just fantastic. And, you know, Anthony Fauci lies through his teeth every every time he's up there. But there is something here that I've sort of alluded to in the past, and I and I do want to make this abundantly clear that, and this is the confusing part of all of this. So hearing aside, There are, of course, numerous doctors, medical doctors, who are on our side. Um, The Robert Malones, I assume he's on our side. Peter McCullough, I assume he's on our side. These two individuals are getting a lot of press and a lot of time on social media and on all of these different stations. I find it interesting that they can go from a show like InfoWars, and then make their way to Fox News the same exact day. I personally believe that these two individuals are being um, led around by patriots, white hats, to sort of slowly inject the public with bits of truth. Here's, here's where the rub occurs, as far as, as far as I can see. I think that it's interesting that even these guys still believe that virology is a real thing. Now, I've been over this in the past. I've linked videos to this before in the description below, but viruses are not real. They have never been isolated as a standalone thing. Not ever. All viruses are, 
which is a made-up word, I might add. They are abnormal human cells, or they're abnormal animal cells from another animal, and then they're just given the name virus. That's, that's it. It's that simple, which means the name is made up. And virology has been disproven endless times throughout history, but certainly 120 years ago. The problem is, is that you have to keep the lie of virology alive in order for people to be scared and pharmaceutical companies to make money. If the lie doesn't continue and isn't perpetuated, then it pops everybody's balloon. And then you talk about mass formation psychosis, you, you would have it there. Because everybody would say, well, wait a minute, this has been a lie this entire time. See, those of us that read old history know that it's a lie. Because that's one of the things that they always do with, with, with the real inventors and, and the real discoverers of endless truths that exist, is the money backers destroy them, do whatever they can to discredit them, make them penniless. And then they move forward with the exact opposite plan, which of course counters the truth, because in perpetuating the lie, they can keep the money flow and the money stream working. They need that to be the case. And the enemies and powers that be here need people scared. They have people so scared regarding all of this COVID nonsense, which stands for Certificate of Vaccination Identification. Again, you would think that People seeing that acronym over and over and over again with, with big, bold letters, C-O-V-I-D, would ask themselves what that stands for. But too many people just blindly believe. And again, you can ask anybody on the street. Ask them what COVID stands for, and they'll say coronavirus. No, it doesn't. It doesn't stand for that, but they don't know that. So something as simple as an acronym isn't even being thought about or, or investigated. By most people, they just see it and then they just go, well, I'm sure there's some other scientific name, but whatever, it all means the same. No, it, it certainly does not. So my point is, is that, again, even the people like Peter McCullough and Robert Malone are getting a lot wrong. Um, they're just getting, they're still getting a lot of things really wrong. Now, I'm glad that they're out there and I'm glad, again, that there are certain people on the awake awakening spectrum, I'll call it, that are slowly waking up. This is a good thing. But as I've said before, the five docs on Rumble on the Critically Thinking channel are really the ones to pay attention to Dr. Jane Ruby. Dr. Jane Ruby is a consistent contributor and guest on the Stu Peters show. She's 100% awake. She's she's openly called out Malone and, and McCullough and said, why are they not calling out the testing as much? Why are they um, why are they saying that there are different variants? There are no variants. There's absolutely no variants. The, the, the variant thing is a giant lie, she has even said, and she's 100% right. Because you can't isolate these things. They've never been isolated. They've never been um, examined at a singular individual level without existing inside of a human being, which means, again, you just have a variety of sick people. That's all. Some have similar symptoms. Some have different symptoms. But that doesn't mean that there are different variants. Okay, so basically with all of that said, it, it's, worth, it's worth keeping in mind that 
even among the the good guys, so to speak, there are always going to be these mistruths or half-truths that are told. And it really is because they still believe things that are not real. They just do. And I fully understand that it, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing to come to grips with regarding the simplicity of all of this. Because when you talk to a virologist, somebody who quote-unquote studies viruses for a living, and you tell them viruses are not real, they will tell you the exact opposite is true. Because they have to. I mean, that's bumping right up against their own cognitive dissonance. It's bumping right up against, again, everything that they, they believe to be real. And that's a difficult thing to shed. But again, I, I don't know if I've mentioned the quote before. I'll certainly say it here. Again, Frederick Nietzsche, I'm going to paraphrase him, but he's 100% right. He said, if the snake, the snake that does not shed its skin ends up dying, and it's no different with the mind. The mind that refuses to change its opinions to fact will also cease to be a mind. It will not exist anymore. So if we can all sort of get to that point, slowly but surely over the course of time, we're going to survive. We're going to be okay. It's the people who aren't consistently learning. Those are the people that you have to watch out for. And unfortunately, a lot of those individuals, again, are good people. And they're on our side in this war. And I just want to provide one example here, too. And it's a piece of audio that I want to play. And almost all of these videos are on Gab. But there is a woman by the name of Christine Dolan. And she interviews vax-injured people. And again, these are good people here. Okay, Christine Dolan, solid woman, cares a lot, and the, her guests that are on who have taken the jabs again, um, they're, they're, they're good people. They fell for the trap, unfortunately. You know, they, they use the, the common lines, well, I had to do it for my job, or I, I had to do it because of this and that. They didn't have to do it. They were coerced. They fell for it because they, they weren't strong enough to, to say no, and then they just did it. Um, but what you're going to hear from this mother, who is a return guest by the name of uh, Christy Dobbs, she is describing how she took the jabs, became ill, but now her daughter is becoming ill, and her daughter is unjabbed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to prove, again, she, they don't know this. Neither one of them can figure this out. But this right here proves that virology is a lie. And that electromagnetism is the reason that we become ill when healthy people are around ill people. Not all of the healthy people are going to get sick as a result of being around the ill people, but some of them will. Again, think of it like this. Quick story. When I would vacation when I was a school teacher, I would take off every single summer. I would leave Florida and I would go back to Ohio. I had two bonsai trees. Two of them, very, you know, relatively small, but I would always drop them off at my grandparents' house in Florida before I would drive up to Ohio. I would put them on my grandparents' back porch. Every summer when I would come back to Florida to teach, I would drive by, have dinner with my grandparents, and I'd, I'd pick up my trees. Every time I picked up my trees, they looked greener and bigger than I had ever seen them before. And I would always look at my grandma and I would say, what did you do to these trees? Did you fertilize them? They look amazing. What, you know, what happened? And she says, nope, I, I just watered them and I would sit and I would talk to them. 
And that's it. That's it. Plants do better in healthier environments, even with healthier people. We feed off of them. They feed off of us. That's a real thing. That exists. That's always existed. But what this parent here that you're going to hear has a hard time dealing with is not knowing that that is an actual thing, not knowing that the shedding is a real thing, that electromagnetism is a real thing, and that healthy people can get ill, in particular from these specific jabs, although it happens with the flu shots. See, we wouldn't have the flu if people stopped taking those shots. See, the flu is just poison. It's not a virus. It's just poison and abnormal cells that are created in the body of a person who injects the poison in their body. And then they radiate that onto other people. So, I'm going to play her story, give her a listen, and again, you'll hear the cluelessness in her voice because she can't for the life of her figure out what's going on with her daughter. Um, I have four kids, as you've mentioned. My oldest daughter, on November 18th, tested positive for COVID-19. Um, she started out, her main symptom was just a headache, which was two days prior to that on the 16th. Um, she came home from school, told me she had a headache. I said, you know, you probably just stayed up late. You need to drink some more water, go to bed early. Next morning, still had the headache, not really complaining of anything else other than just her nose felt a little stuffy. Mm -hmm. So I did go on ahead and keep her from home, uh, home from school that day because she did, um, just seem off. And with her being old enough, I trust her to tell me when she just doesn't feel good to go to school without, you know, cheating on it. Right. And thank goodness I did because the school would have let me send her back. All she had was a headache, no fever, no um, loss of smell or taste at this point, just, you know, random headache. Did you, pardon me for interrupting, did you then, I mean, when she had the headache, is that when you immediately had her tested? No, it was actually two days later. And okay. here's the funny thing. So that Tuesday, um, which was November 16th, is that right? Yeah, that Tuesday, November 16th, she actually complained to the school nurse that morning that she had a headache. And the nurse just said, oh, you probably didn't get enough for breakfast. Wait until lunch. If you still have a headache, then, you know, come back and see me. Well, she felt silly. She was like, I'm not going to go back up there for a headache. I'll just wait till after school and get some ibuprofen, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew that it was bothersome, but again, that was her only symptom. COVID-19 never even crossed my mind. I was thinking it was her time of month. She was having a headache from some sinus pressure because it was, you know, still, um, late, late fall here in Missouri. And so allergies were still persistent and they, you know, plagued most of us in my home. And it wasn't until, um, Wednesday night in the middle of the night, she came in my room and she's not a crier. Um, crying, mommy, I don't feel good. I feel dizzy. There's something wrong with me. And that's when I immediately started to get scared um, because she was feeling like she couldn't walk and was uneasy. So I gave her some medication to help. Oh, she was running a fever at this time too. So I gave her some medication to help with the headache, the fever, and um, she slept well through the rest of the night, but I put her in bed with me. And so that was my first exposure to her. Um, she tested positive on Thursday, November the 18th. I started having symptoms of COVID, uh, which first involved, again, a headache. Now, I ran a fever that uh, night of the 19th. I did not test myself in the middle of the night on the 19th because it was 2 a.m. when I started, you know, not feeling very well. Um, by Saturday morning, November 20th, um, I just used an at-home test. I had purchased a couple of them uh, the day she tested positive with the pediatrician because I knew it was 
we were bound for it to happen. So I ran to Walgreens, grabbed a bunch of at-home test kits uh, so that we could all test ourselves um, when we started having symptoms. I'm going to stop it there. There's a couple of interesting things about her story. Number one, when she when she describes her own symptoms earlier in, in the video clip, which I, I didn't play, she talks about a consistent tingling feeling throughout her entire body. Well, we know that's the graphene oxide, and of course, that reacts to 5G, and it reacts to cell phones and iPads and computers and wireless internet and you name it. That's part of the discomfort, of course, that she was feeling. Same with her daughter. Her daughter has been transmitted on. And they're still taking tests. Again, like the tests matter. Now, later in the episode, she describes again how they acquired a number of different supplements and a number of different drugs, including ivermectin. And they took them and they have felt way better, which is great. The continued problem, however, is not only the testing, but she continues to go on in the full-length video, which is about 25 minutes long, that she, she thinks that it's unfortunate that they, weren't, that they didn't get blood tests to see if they had the Delta variant. You see what I'm saying here? I mean, it's like, it's, it's one truth mixed in with five lies that they believe. And then, of course, she ended up getting quote-unquote COVID. No. You have a permanently compromised immune system, which means, again, every time you get sick and you take one of those faulty tests, it's going to tell you you have COVID. But you don't have COVID. You have a weakened immune system. And now you're transmitting on your own children because, again, you're jabbed and they aren't. Again, I feel terrible for this woman for a variety of reasons, but she's been poisoned. That's what this is. It's just poisoning. So again, you know, you've got one truth mixed in with a bunch of lies, and it's, and it's very, very difficult to see through the weeds here as to what's going on. But the, but the number of people that are being given these platforms that are continuously perpetuating, again, these half-truths, and, uh, you know, they're just not getting it. They're still not getting it. I think it's unfortunate. I don't see it necessarily getting a whole lot better with their level of understanding, but again, um, yeah, if they're if they're going to keep buying tests, they're going to keep buying tests, and there's not a lot there's not a lot I can do. I mean, they have to come to grips with the fact that the tests do nothing. But again, that's a, you know they've already bought into them, which means reversing that wavelength of thought is going to be a difficult task for many. Um, again, with that said. Even Pfizer's CEO has come out and said this, and he's a monster, I might add. We, we we all know that. But even he has come out and said that the first two jabs don't do anything and that you're going to need boosters, probably uh, a first booster and you know potentially a second, and each booster will make you better. The man's insane, but there are people that believe this. I mean, there are probably still people that, again, will take, will, will take booster shots even though they have quote-unquote vax regret. Um, why not? Why wouldn't that be a notch on the COVID spectrum of insanity? It probably would be. So again, I wish the Christy Dobbs lady uh, the best, but you know, even Christine Dolan is giving her a platform. Christine Dolan is, is very ill-informed on what's really going on here and the shedding and the transmission and 
uh, nowhere does she say anything about the test being faulty, which is a shame because I think that's everybody's responsibility here. Who knows what's really going on? So, next subject here school closings. And again, it ties directly, of course, into the COVID insanity and all of these lies because these, these schools are closing because they're forcing these tests on people. And as we know, they're forcing masks on people. I'm going to read off a list of local area schools that are all closed here in my area. Again, Southwest Ohio, Cincinnati area. This comes from uh, the local NBC affiliate WLWT. More Cincinnati areas school close going remote amid COVID-19 surge. Incorrect. It's not a COVID-19 surge. It's a jab poison dying surge. That's what's occurring here. So here are the schools. Cincinnati Public Schools, they're closed. They're going to remote uh, until January 24th. Covington Independent Public Schools in Kentucky, right across the Ohio River, same thing, closed, at least for the next week. Um, Forest Hill Schools, same thing. Gatlin County Schools, same thing. Hamilton City Schools, the entire district is closed. Lebanon City Schools, Little Miami Schools, Lockland Local Schools, Loveland Schools, Mount Healthy City School District, New Richmond Schools. North College Hill City Schools, Reading Community Schools, Talawanda Middle, the middle school in my town, closed. Not the rest of the schools, but just the middle school. Uh, what does it say here? School has 29.5% student absentee rate with 102 students absent on Monday and 207 students absent on Tuesday. It says 14 middle school staff members are absent. I bet it's more than that. I think that even with these closures and even with these numbers that they're pushing out, they're lying about the numbers. The numbers have to be way worse. And then Winton City School, Winton Woods City Schools also closed through next week. Again, this is just in my area. This has to be happening everywhere. And I've had confirmation from, again, contributors to the podcast and, and, and previous guests on the podcast. They're emailing me and texting me and they're going, yeah, same thing here. Same thing is happening here. Schools are closing. They're, they're trying to mask more people up as much as they can. That, that, that's what's going on here. So I've also had a few um, of the local superintendent's emails tossed my way, and I want to read one of them. And this came from two days ago, and it, again, it's next level stupid. And I want to read the whole thing because I want you to hear how dumb this person sounds. And again, as I've said in the past, the writing that they're doing publicly is showing everybody what is going on between their ears. And as it turns out, it's not a whole lot of stuff. Not a whole lot of good things are going on between the ears of this individual. So I don't want to read the entire email. However, there are a few paragraphs that are certainly worth mentioning because this is an individual who is now actually believing. And where they, where they, where they got this is beyond me. I mean, I, I'm convinced they're just going home and lighting a fire in the middle of their living room and setting their own carpet on fire and, you know, sitting cross-legged and, and just chanting as they, you know, move chicken bones around and come up with a new scheme. But this person actually thinks that the kind of mask you wear is dependent on the kind of variant that exists. They actually believe this. They think this is a real thing. So here's what it says. A um, couple of paragraphs. 
And of course, by the way, it's also worth mentioning that they're consistently yelling at the parents and blaming the students and the parents. And they're saying, look, if your parents are sick, don't bring this, you know, don't have the kids come to school. If the kids are sick, don't have them come to school, X, Y, Z. But you can't, you can't reason or communicate with this level of insanity, even though this person consistently says that they want people to communicate with them. So here's one paragraph. It says, quote, we are waiting to hear new guidance about masks even though they've reinstituted their mask mandate now. It says, as announced on the news and through research, although he doesn't reference anything, cloth masks are not very effective against Omicron. I, do, I, don't, know, I don't know where he came up with that. No masks work for anything. It, he then says, according to the current available data, if everyone is wearing a cloth mask, the Omicron virus will start spreading to others after 30 minutes, even if cloth masks are worn properly. If everyone is wearing a surgical mask, three-ply, the Omicron virus will start spreading to others after one hour. The only mask that prevents Omicron spread is the KN95 or N95. If everyone is wearing a K95 or N95 mask, the Omicron virus will start to spread to others after 24 hours. However, the wearing of cloth, surgical, KN95 or N95 masks does not help mitigate the spread of some other viruses, such as colds and influenza. I want you to let that paragraph just sit for a minute. Because that right there should prove to everybody that this is a full-blown mental illness. These people are mentally ill. They are deranged. Straitjackets. I'm not kidding. We need straitjackets and padded rooms. I don't even want to read that paragraph again. It makes me sick to my stomach. Because it's loaded with stupidity from the first word to the last. Not a single sentence in there is the truth about anything. It's insane. So let's read the next paragraph. Quote, This mask information has been known for a couple of weeks. My hope is that the CDC will update the mask guidance soon. I still strongly encourage all to become vaccinated and wear masks. I also strongly recommend that individuals upgrade their masks to KN95 or N95. I realize that these masks are expensive and not easily available, so are not, so are not a practical option for many families. But the experts are indicating that they will protect individuals from the Omicron virus. Honest to God, ladies and gentlemen. The lunatic continues. He says, the Omicron virus appears to be affecting those individuals who are not vaccinated or a more serious level. That's a lie. He's lying. The only people who are out and ill are the people being transmitted on by the jabbed and the jabbed themselves. That's the only thing that's happening here. And again, he still thinks that the jabs need to exist for everybody, and everybody needs to get jabbed. I mean, they are, without their own knowledge, because clearly they're dumb people, but without their own knowledge, they're advocating for the death of everyone who is reading this. 
It says approximately 90% of the hospitalizations of individuals who are not vaccinated are of individuals who are not vaccinated. That's a lie. It's the exact opposite. I understand and respect that individuals have the right to make their own choice regarding vaccinations. I highly recommend people to get vaccinated, he says, in the very next sentence. Along with wearing a KN95 or N95 mask if possible, rethinking large gatherings and mitigating the spread of this virus through actions, such as not sending students to school when they are ill or have been exposed to someone who has tested positive, is important. So there's the shaming. He's shaming people. He's making fun of parents. He's saying it's your fault. But he's telling people again, gag yourself with the worst thing that you can wear lower your immune system, and kill yourself with as many jabs as humanly possible. Um, he, he then, again, more revealing information, a little, uh, yeah, a little more inside baseball here. First paragraph, our staff is tired and overwhelmed, just like you. Kitten, you have no idea. You have no idea how overwhelmed I am having to read your nonsense. He then says, no one wants to wear a mask. No one wants to stay home. No one wants anyone to get sick or worse. We are short-staffed. We have been short-staffed for the past two years of this pandemic. Our goal is to keep open our schools, in-person learning, and to keep everyone as safe and healthy as we possibly can. Don't forget to gag yourself and take as many jabs as humanly possible. I got, I got nothing else. I got nothing else on this. Um, the email goes on and on and on. Threatens in-person learning. We don't want to have to do it. We don't want to have to close down our entire school. As I said in the past to them publicly, last August, and I've said countless times on this podcast, nothing can stop what's coming regarding this. He's lying. He's covering up for the fact that it's the jabbed that are falling dead. It's the jabbed that are ill. And the reason that you're short-staffed is because no one wants to enter that realm of insanity. They don't want to do it, and they don't want to wear a mask, which means, again, as I've said in previous episodes, what kind of a mind is being attracted to this kind of an environment? Is it a healthy mind? Is it an insane person? I think it's an insane person because only a, a, a whack job would want to enter these environments as a substitute teacher or a permanent employee, being yanked around constantly by the neck, believing one lie after another, and being coerced and manipulated. And again, parents are reading this memo, laughing their tails off as, at this idiot, but they're too deep in their own lies now. They're just too deep. They can't get out of it. There's no going back after this, ladies and gentlemen. There's no going back. We are watching the systematic destruction of American K-12 and higher education at their own hands by their own hand. They're slitting their own wrists. And then they're looking at everybody and they're saying that we should all do the same. Nope, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I I'm good. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to let you do it. You've been warned, but you're not listening. Okay, so, more stupidity and more insanity. 
Let me set up the public comments section of this most recent school board meeting where I live. And keep in mind, I know that the listeners of this podcast live everywhere. This is happening in your local school districts too, and you know it. You know that this is happening. You're going to hear the same kinds of, of people. But the crux of this, again, you're going to hear a lot of mask lunatics as well, and I'm going to leave those people in. But you're going to hear again from this father and his daughter who was allegedly, again, assaulted by a, um, a, a male middle school teacher. This particular male middle school teacher is currently being investigated. It's a quote-unquote open investigation, which means they're delaying it as long as they can. Um, it seems like a pretty quick fire to me. But one of, of course, many complaints is that he's on paid administrative leave, not unpaid administrative leave. So as you'll hear the dad say, he's basically getting a paid vacation, which is 100% true. And there's lots of rumblings of them actually bringing him back into the classroom. This is absolutely nuts. And the odd part, too, and I think it's fantastic, although, of course, it has to come in, at the tail end, so to speak, of, of a terrible incident. But the number of people, again, that stand up and talk about the abuse that's going on in this school district is astounding. Now, here's what you're also going to hear. The raspy voice person, who is an absolute monster, I might add, and has been in this school district since the beginning of time. He's now the one essentially running the show for the school board. I don't know if he's the president now. He might be. It doesn't matter. He's a horrible human being. You're going to hear him talk, and right here at the outset, and his name is Pat Mead, horrible human being. Um, he is going to try to play the good cop in this particular scenario. Thank you so much for speaking out. I appreciate it. And, you know, he calls people by their first names and all of this other nonsense. Again, this guy is a lunatic. He needs a straitjacket in a padded room, if not worse. Um, but you're going to hear him again attempt to play nice. He's trying to be the good cop in all of this. When in fact, and, and again, deflect any responsibility onto someone else. These board members are the ones responsible. They could speed up this process with this particular teacher as soon as humanly possible. They, they could do this anytime they wanted. They're choosing not to. They always choose not to. So much so, in fact, they've delegated, as I've brought up in the past, the entire mask wearing stuff. They've delegated the entire responsibility onto the superintendent. So when it comes to the mask wearing, the superintendent rules with an iron fist. And they wonder why no one wants to come to their school district. Are you kidding me? They're child abusers. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Buckle up. I hope you're sitting down. Oh, and one last thing. If you have high blood pressure, uh, you're going to want your medication. And if you don't have high blood pressure, you're about to. So you've been warned. Here we go. A portion of the meeting and just a few reminders. Uh, we do limit public participation to 30 minutes now. And we ask, uh, we limit each speaker to three minutes. In about 15 seconds left, I will give you a reminder. I'll say 15 seconds. I know that might be difficult, particularly if you're dealing with something. Sometimes uh, speakers are dealing with something that's very emotional. But do not take that as disrespect. Uh, we just got to make sure we treat every speaker equally. So I'll give you a little warning uh, so you can wrap it up. Um, and also, um, 
just a reminder that the district and the school board members and, and a superintendent cannot comment on personnel issues, uh, particularly those that are still under investigation. The, and, and I know when I would speak to the board before I was elected, it was very frustrating because we sit up there like stones and look at you and we don't respond. Um, and that's what's going to happen. That does not mean we do not listen. That does not mean we do not care about what you're bringing to the board. We appreciate your input very much, but it's not a time for our responding to that. And I want you to know that. But I guarantee you that the, the uh, five board members up there do listen to what people say to them. Um, so that being said, uh, is there anyone who wants to address the board this evening? Dustin LeMay, Hanover Township. Before, before I get into what I came to say, I just want to thank the entire community for the support that has been given to Michaela and her family. It's been overwhelming. Yes, I said her name. We're not going to hide or shy away from this. I stand before you today as the proudest parent in this room. My daughter was the latest student to be victimized by a teacher at your middle school. Even though she was scared and confused, she knew what had just happened was wrong. She immediately reached out to her sister for guidance. During the next class period, she approached her teacher and asked to go to the office. That is where she did the most courageous thing imaginable. She spoke up. At the time of the incident, we weren't aware of the past. We weren't aware of many complaints that took place before us. We weren't aware of the girls that had the courage to speak up to only have their complaints ignored by the staff and administration. Those girls were silenced. Their voices were taken away. I'm here to tell you today that is no longer the case. I want them to feel brave. I want them to know that they are doing the right thing by speaking up now, even if it's months or years after their incident. For the other girls that may still be in fear of coming forward due to the backlash or possible retaliation, I will be their voice. The fight I'm fighting is not only for my daughter, but it's for all the girls who have become prey to this predator. Over the last week, the number of victims has continued to grow. I've had several parents and victims message me directly, sharing the details of exactly what they went through. Instead of the teacher coach being punished, the victims were made to feel like they were the ones being punished for telling on him. My question to you is why? Why was this covered up? Why wasn't this properly reported? Why wasn't the community made aware? Why have you continued to protect him? Is it because you were afraid of how it might make the district look if there was an announcement that a teacher committed an obscene act against some of the students? Or is it maybe just because you simply didn't care? All staff and administration who are aware of his actions but did not follow the proper steps to report it are just as guilty as he is. By not taking action, you gave this monster easy access to continue preying on our girls. As reports come out, so will names. I can promise you that all those involved will be held accountable. I will continue fighting until he is no longer permitted to hold a teaching or coaching position, and all of those who have enabled him along the way are punished. These girls deserve justice, and justice is what they will get. We will never be able to make them forget what happened, but we give them hope in knowing that there are people out there that care. At this time, I demand that his status be immediately changed to unpaid administrative leave. He does not deserve to be sitting at home enjoying a paid vacation at the expense of these girls. I also de demand that the district make available in-person counseling services for the victims. These girls have suffer suffered and deserve to be able to speak with someone without it being a financial burden for their parents or guardians. Your actions over the next several days will go a long way in helping to prove to the students and parents guardians of this district that you're looking out for their best interest. It's time to stop looking the other way. Their voices will no longer be silenced. I believe them.
This school district has no idea what's coming. They have no idea. This is exactly what happens when you work in one of these abusive environments. And, and I, I don't think it's a bad thing that this particular thing happens where even the innocent start to become embarrassed for where they're working. And they start to say to themselves, wait a minute, I can't work here anymore. I can't possibly work in an environment like this anymore that's covering this kind of thing up. You heard the dad. He, he, again, more victims, more names. He's going to hold everybody accountable. This is what happens. This is what happens when you screw with people. When you don't leave people alone, we will come after you with everything we have. That's what most law-abiding, moral human beings do. We will destroy you. And this dad is going to tear this district apart, and he should. And I'll help him do it. But it's this kind of thing that has to happen more often. Every single time something like this happens, They've got to go for the throat of these teachers, administrators, and school board right up and down the chain. Don't ever let them off the hook and stay on all of them. And don't even let this school board numbskull who is talking with the raspy voice, don't let him play nice and make it sound like, again, he's in it for everybody and he wants the right thing to happen and blah, blah, blah. Ladies and gentlemen, he's involved. He's involved. He's been involved. Like I said, that idiot has been in this school district for a very long time. You can't have somebody like that remain in the same place, work their way up the ladder, so to speak, end up on a school board, become president, and then all of the sudden act like they've never dealt with anything like this before. Justice should always be swift. In moments like this, always. I would say that even the police department's dragging their feet. Now, I don't know what's going on specifically with the case, but I know that they could move faster. They can always move faster. They're choosing not to. Because one of the things that they love doing is allowing the public to hang the guilty parties so that the guilty parties will just quit, that they'll just resign, offer up their resignation. That doesn't mean that the um, investigation goes away. It doesn't mean that the right things still can't occur after the fact. But if they get the resignation from the person first, the, as far as the district is concerned, and some of the straight jacket wearing numbskulls within the district who are allegedly in charge, what they end up thinking to themselves is, is that because he resigned, it's not our fault. He's admitting guilt by resigning, so to speak. But because he's resigned, well, there's nothing we can do now. Nah, this is a dad that's never going to forget this. And he shouldn't. And that's an excellent, excellent example of a very strong young woman who has the courage to do what she's doing. Now let's listen to the rest of the lunatics in this particular meeting. I skipped over the first person who talked because he was rambling on while he's wearing his rainbow mask about people who are being made fun of because they're gay and people being made fun of because they have stickers on their classroom doors and blah, 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 blah. The guy's a lunatic. Um, so it wasn't even worth playing him. There's another person in this meeting who I'm also not going to play, and he's kind of what I call the money guy. Old Money Mike. 
He always shows up. He, he rambles on about money and how they're not, uh, you know, following the funds appropriately. And I mean, he's a hundred percent right. But it, it, you know, he just he comes with the same message every single time, and he says nothing new. So I'm going to skip over him also. But I'm going to let the rest of the people uh, talk here. And again, you're going to hear some mask lunatics throughout because this stuff is just rich. Uh, Mike Star, I, I don't have any major skin in the game here, but. Ella and her father uh, inspired me to come and, and speak out. They didn't ask me to, but I want to share a story about me. When I was a sophomore, junior in high school, that my best friend invited me to a uh, pool, pool party at, at their family friend's apartment. So I didn't think anything of it back in 83, around there. <clears throat> went there, and while, while I was about to get ready to go out to the pool, uh, this friend of mine came up to me and said, hey, Hal wants to know, that was the family friend, older gentleman, wanted to uh, know, ask you something. And he basically propositioned me to uh, go to bed with him. And immediately I said, no, take me home. I, I had the wits on I never said anything about it, but a few years later, I was driving down the road. I remember exactly where I was in Carmel, New York, driving down the road, and I heard on the radio, and this man, Al Harold Hotchkiss, was just arrested, uh, and he was committing crime. He's been, he was kidnapping children, boys, and locking them in, their, their, in his apartment, where he would then sexually. And this, this went on for a few weeks. He guess he, he did get caught, luckily. But to this day, I still felt like, had I not said something at the time, would he not have done that to his children? These children that he met, he uh, molested, I'm sure they're still feeling it today. Michaela was one person. I've, been, I've, I've dealt with this particular individual for Quite a while, and I've seen things that I that were questionable. But I always said to myself, "Well, no, that's that can't be right." Um, the things that I see him doing now, uh, I even got into an argument with him after my daughter emailed me about her friend with text messages directly from her friend describing what just happened to her right outside. And it's not my place to share names. She wants to come forward. She can, uh, but I knew at that moment when I saw those messages from this girl that that my suspicions were were accurate. And what I've seen, what I was just told, when this came out, there was no question in my mind. I'm not here to to, to ask you to do anything. I think, uh, About 15 Dustin, seconds, Mister. Okay, Dustin did his job. I just wanted to show support and, and make everybody understand that the numbers of people that are coming out are nowhere near the number that probably are out there. It takes a lot of strength. Thanks. Thank you very much. Um, my name is Christy. Um, I'm a teacher. I coach, coach Michaela in softball. Um, 
Another thing about me is in October of this year, I also um, I sentenced my rapist 20 years. Um, and that happened because I came and I spoke out. I don't think that anyone realizes the courage it takes to stand up and say something happened to me that wasn't right. And there is no reason for this man to be received. There's no reason. I implore you, listen to one here today, because victims do not come for, for, for ridicule. Victims come forward for protection. And I'm asking you to give her protection and all of the students. Thank you, Christy. Hi, Sarah Staten, Oxford resident. Um, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I would not be here tonight without the push of my younger sisters. Um, they both wanted to come because they are students here at Talawanda. Um, I would like to know what kind of example we're hoping to set for our children. We want to grow strong, smart, problem-solving adults from Talawanda School District. So how do we do that without allowing students to be heard unless we truly hear them and then support them? Um, students have been coming forward for years, to my knowledge, as a Talawanda alumni. Um, this man has been making students uncomfortable since I was in school and before then. Um, I understand that there's a teacher shortage and a sub shortage. I really do. Um, and that it would be very hard to replace not only a teacher, but a coach. Um, but what I don't want for our children is for them to not come forward in the future for fear of being ignored or the horrible chance that something worse than the reports made on this man to happen to these girls and they stay silent because they've been ignored in the past because a person in power took advantage of them and held it against them, knowing that nothing would be done and that if nothing had been done in the past. So why would they stop then? Um, I understand that it's hard to replace these kinds of people, but our students are not replaceable. And to put them in a classroom with someone and in sports and near locker rooms with someone that makes them uncomfortable is just simply not fair because students have to go to school and they should have to be able to feel safe where they are and feel like they're in a comfortable learning environment. And so I know that personally, I know a lot of seventh grade students that do not feel comfortable returning to that kind of classroom or even in a school with that kind of teacher or sports team with that kind of coach. And I know that some of them don't necessarily have the voice to say certain things, but I know that they wanted to be here in support for all of the different things that have happened and things that they've personally witnessed. Thank you very much. anybody else would like to address the board thank you name is gracie melders and i graduated from these it seems nothing much has changed you tell us to come forward but then you let us down say you'll listen but you protect the abuser you tell us to wear masks to protect us but not from the predators who roam the halls this happened to me in seventh grade. i am now a graduate attending college he was protected and rather i was removed from his class to sit in this office for the trimester this shouldn't have happened once, but now we can see it has happened countless times. It can't continue. Michaela's bravery in coming forward should end this. Protect the children in your schools. They are the very future. 
Stop letting us down and do better. I'm, I'm going to bounce in here real quick and just make a couple of comments. This is an example of the kind of avalanche that once it gets started, nothing stops it. it that's just the way that it is. And again, regarding the sexual abuse and all of the allegations of sexual abuse and the cover-ups and even the mask wearing, all of it, the school district by nature, all across uh, school districts, plural, in general, they all believe and run under the same premise that if they just keep trudging along and just keep moving forward, that people will just forget. Don't worry, people will just forget about all of this. Well, they'll, they'll just forget. Time is the, is the uh, ultimate healer in the universe, and they will just forget as time goes on, so don't worry. Yes, things are tough for us now because people are blaming us for this, that, and the other, but don't worry. Time will heal, and eventually they'll forget. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not going to happen any longer. There's no more forgetting. There's no more forgetting. Because of all of this, I guarantee that past graduating classes of this school district are flooding this district's email system with emails, again, from past students who are long since gone, telling them about people who worked there and the way that they were treated, either physically, sexually, what have you, from the people who worked there. They're probably talking about complaints that they made that were ignored, and so on and so on. You just can't stop this avalanche. You can't. So I'm going to skip this next person. I'm going to go to the next one. Uh, and again, you're going to hear some, some mask lunatics as well, because they are priceless also. Good evening, Amy Shaman. I live here in Oxford, and I have a child at Kramer. First, I want to say that I applaud everyone who speaks up to report inappropriate touching or assault. Abuse happens far too often, and we as a district need to believe students when incidents are reported. Thank you for a thorough and impartial investigation in which the students' words hold as much weight as teachers and staff. On another topic, last month, Dr. Thoreau, you asked the board to, pre to transfer mask mandate decision-making from the group to only you. When you made the request, you promised to make the decision based on the health needs of the community, the CDC, and health authorities. You told us to trust you that you would continue to have the best interests of the students at heart and so that they do not get COVID and can stay in school. Healthy students in school is our best need, is our most important need. Well, Dr. Thoreau, your email message last Thursday cited many reasons why we need to mask, yet you removed the mandate and changed it to only a suggestion. Now our students don't have to mask. This means that more people have to quarantine, more people have to stay home, more COVID will tr transmission will occur. Our hospitals, including our children's hospital, are full. Why remove the mandate at this time? While this may make you more popular with the facet of our community that do doesn't want to have to mask, this decision is causing more kids to get sick and raises the risk that our schools may need to close and go remote. It seems that we went from everyone with masks and teachers paying attention to three-foot exposure and all the quarantine that went along with that so now some are three feet exposure if they wear a mask, some are six feet. The teachers are having to take time away from instruction to monitor this. Administrators are taking time every day to manage lists of who's in which category and who is exposed in each class in each period. Now they spend less time teaching and working for our students in order to manage this. When, if everyone was wearing masks, there'd be only one set to have to manage. I realize masking isn't popular. I don't wanna wear it either, but I do. 
Our federal government continues to require masks on transportation because it's helping to avoid spread. In case we're wondering about our numbers, today's COVID numbers on the Talawanda website show that since December, we have significant, we have 13 staff cases of positive COVID as opposed to two. 13 staff quarantined as opposed to two. We know subs are very, very hard to come by. We have 21 students who are positive for COVID. We have 147 students quarantined for COVID as opposed to 78 in December. As you yourself said, Dr. Thoreau, our district has a lower vaccination rate than other districts in our area. This means that we have more exposure both in schools to the kids. The kids are bringing exposure home and they're bringing home exposure to school. 15 seconds, Amy. Please consider requiring masks even for a short period of time so our schools can stay open and we don't have to go remote. Thank you. The liberal snake is eating its own tail. It's priceless. I have a smile on my face from ear to ear. Isn't it glorious? Not only are they highlighting their own asinine policies that they once supported and now don't, but they actually make fun of their own policies that were bad that they now want reinstituted. I mean, you cannot wrap your, a sane mind can't wrap themselves around a person like this. She again is a staple in these meetings. She's a staple. She's there every time. Every time. When I first had an encounter with her, she was wearing two masks. Still wearing two, I might add. She, she would turn around to the unmasked parents, take off one of her masks, and stare them down. And then turn around and yell into the microphone about how everybody needs to wear masks. I mean, y- y- I, yeah. It's, it's an avalanche. It's just continuing to fall downhill. It is a level of public mental illness that we have never seen before on such a grand scale. And I love how they just keep recording themselves and they keep coming up to the microphone on the record and probably getting online and watching themselves again and again. Look what I did. I did a thing. I stood up for the truth and I stood up for science. These people need to be in padded rooms. They are not well. I'll keep going. Here we go. Hi, my name is Pam Hodgson. I have three children in the district, um, and I am also a substitute teacher. Um, When I got on the sub website last night, there were 16 openings in the district. It was the same um, this morning when I decided to um, take a sub position in my son's class. Um, Really not comfortable subbing now that masks have ended, but I figure if it's my kid's classroom, he's exposed to, I'll go ahead and do that. Um, Five out of the 19 kids wore masks today. Um, My middle schooler said about half the kids were wearing masks. Um, And uh, twice the principal had to come in and tell a student to wear a mask, Um, just as Amy was saying. um, Teachers and administrators are now spending their time trying to follow the quarantine lines and who's supposed to be wearing masks and who isn't. As a sub, I wasn't provided a list of who was supposed to be. Um, Great administrators where I was at, um, and it's, you know, new today, you kind of have to be on top of that. Um, So I'm sure that will be provided in the future. 
but you know, I didn't know if any kids in the class were supposed to be wearing masks. Um, a couple of the students were pressuring other kids to take their masks off. And, um, you know, every teacher that I talked to, you know, before today from different buildings, friends, the teachers in the building today were very, very stressed about the classes not wearing masks. You know, maybe they're stressed about their own health, maybe family members at home, maybe their students' parents, students themselves, trying to keep track of who's supposed to be wearing masks, or stressed about having to go remote again. We wanna keep these kids in school. Things have significantly changed since December. We have the National Guard going into hospitals to help. We have COVID overflow coming into our town, into our hospital. And I, I don't know how this isn't enough to continue the mask mandate. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it was different a month ago. I was thinking about having my first grader not wear a mask because she's incredibly shy, has some skills she like really needs to work on. Um, so I do understand that it's, you know, it's hard for these little ones to continue wearing masks. I know it's hard, but um, strongly suggesting is just not enough. It, it's, it's not, it's, it's not. Um, 15 seconds. Yeah. So thank you for your time and uh, please reconsider um, taking back control on that. Thank you. Um, Carly Collins, um, I had no plans on speaking tonight, so bear with me. Right, right now. Um, longtime Oxford resident, Talawanda alumni. To pick, piggyback on what the previous gentleman said about how he felt looking back like he should have spoke up, maybe would have um, saved someone else from being harmed. Um, my daughter is in seventh grade and goes to school with Michaela. My daughter also made a complaint on the same teacher in the fall for Michaela's incident. We followed proper protocol. We, I had a conversation with um, the assistant principal myself, so I know a complaint was made. Absolutely nothing was done. Had school board administration, Talawanda Middle School administration taken her complaint more seriously, maybe Michaela would have been spared and this wouldn't have even happened to her. So my question is, how many more girls are going to be affected by him before something is done? Thank you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. More complaints have been made in the past and nothing was done? Shocking. I'm shocked. Said no one with a brain ever. Do you see how, do you see this? This is what happens. This is what happens. First of all, back to the mask-wearing lunatic before this, this previous woman, this last woman. That person also cannot be helped. They can't be helped. They're going to kill their own children with these shots. That's a parent who, if they already haven't jabbed their children, are going to jab their children. The, the, the kids of that woman don't stand a chance. And yet, she still highlights the division that's going on that shouldn't be happening. You have a principal coming in yelling at students to put their masks on? Well, there was no mask mandate. They were optional for a while there. That's interesting. They were optional for, oh, I'd say less than a week, but they were still optional. 
And most of the students, you say, were um, not wearing their masks and encouraging the others to take their masks off? Good. Good. That's what they're supposed to be doing. They care about their fellow peers. You see, they all have cell phones in their hands. And those cell phones are harbingers of truth. Unfortunately, they're harbingers of fallacy as well, which we all know. But if a single student in that building has Telegram downloaded on their phone, and they're reading COVID vaccine injuries, they're spewing the truth everywhere as much as they possibly can to as many people that will hear it. This is the, this is the issue here. This is going to be the dividing line. They can continue to impose N95 masks and highly encourage them and berate people all they want. They are creating the most unhealthy environment that exists in the world. It is the most unhealthy environment that exists outside of, of course, a hospital. American schools, they're the worst. Now, here's the last thing I wanted to bring up. And again, I sort of meant to bring it up earlier, but I'm going to bring it up now. Um, this is the church memo that was sent to me by my aunt. And again, if American K-12 schools aren't uh, unhealthy enough for you, how about some American churches? So get a load of this particular document because it's a doozy. It says the following. Uh, North Carolina Conference, the United Methodist Church. So this was apparently the memo where they all gather and do whatever it is that they do in their private meetings, and then they all walk away with this, I guess. Uh, it says, COVID-19 Omicron update for congregational leaders. Quote, do no harm, quote unquote, is one of our Wesleyan three simple rules. Therefore, it is important as faith leaders that we remain aware of current pandemic threats to our congregations and communities. The COVID-19 Omicron variant is predicted to cause a massive surge in coronavirus infection quickly. Our time to act is now. That's the first paragraph. They actually had the, they had the balls to start off with do no harm. I can't believe they actually said that. Again, this entire document is lies, and it's frightening. I'm going to continue. Here we go. Quote, the latest data on Omicron indicates that we will experience an ex extraordinary spike in infections in the next few weeks. Nope, it'll just be the jab dying. It continues here. Great Britain has usually presaged the United States by two or three weeks throughout the pandemic. In London, Omicron went from a few cases to a vertical acceleration in just over a week. The United Kingdom public health authorities project 600,000 to 1 million cases per week at wave peak. Currently, the United States is experiencing 135,000 cases per day. Approximately 135 per day, it says. It is projected that our numbers of cases will soar. Omicron is three to five times more infectious than is the Delta variant. They're actually saying that, ladies and gentlemen. They're actually saying that. It says the latest models suggest that Omicron will start spiking nationally between Christmas and New Year's Day with peak cases occurring the second week of January. The hopeful news is that after the peak, new cases are predicted to drop quickly. Thus, this wave is projected to be intense but short-lived. These things that they're making up, they don't even hear themselves. 
It says, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It says, we have defenses to help protect our congregations and communities. The first defense is vaccinations. mRNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, are effective against infection from Omicron. Ladies and gentlemen, the CEO of Pfizer says that's not true. And even he lies about everything. Do you see how no one is on the same page about all of these lies? That's what lying does. It makes it impossible to keep track of all of the lies. With a third dose, booster shot, kill shot, mRNA vaccines produce 70 to 80% efficacy against Omicron infection via increased antibody breadth and numbers. Uh, they want you dead. That's it. They want their entire congregation wiped out. The mRNA vaccines will likely reduce disease transmission as well. So please encourage your congregation to get vaccinated if they are not and boosted if they have been fully vaccinated. This will save lives. It says that. It also says the following. This is hilarious. It says, quote, here are potential strategies for navigating the upcoming Omicron wave. Point one, vaccinations. Redouble efforts to get everyone vaccinated and boosted. See, now these are their orders. Now they're being given orders. Two, focus on seniors, the most vulnerable group. Wipe them out as quickly as humanly possible. Distancing is the next bullet point. It says, transiently eliminate or reduce gatherings that carry higher risk. These risks will increase greatly shortly after Christmas. None of that makes sense. Uh, this wave will likely be intense but shorter. Its impact will be better understood with every passing week. These steps will likely be temporary steps back, not a major retrenching. These people are nuts. It then says, meet outside. If you meet inside, aggressively ventilate and filter. Next bullet point, masking. Here we go. Encourage the use of highly effective masks like the N95 and KF94. Good Lord. The T1000 mask. Don't forget to wear the T1000 mask. It will swallow your face whole and you will become something else. It then says consider giving these masks to those at higher risk. Remember the elderly. Stuff as many of them as humanly possible into their mouth hole. If they fall over, that means it's working. Then it says, ask low-risk congregants to shop for and deliver food and necessities to high-risk community members. Handwashing is the next bullet point. Practice good handwashing techniques and do so often. Strategic thinking is the next point. Develop objective criteria that will trigger a return to more normal pre-Omicron practices. Follow hospital capacity as a key metric if Omicron generates mainly mild cases. Follow our North Carolina Conference recommended guidance. Friends, together let us do no harm. Do good and stay in love with God. Let us continue to be a witness of the love of Christ that always loves neighbor as we love God, unquote. These people are not God-loving people. They are brainwashed. They are watching television. They are not reading the Bible. They are insane. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. All of these institutions, again, that 
some people thought were the healthiest and the most morally sound have never been and certainly aren't now. Look what they're doing to their own people. The veil has been lifted here. It's been lifted and there's no putting it back down. Once the, once the glasses are on and you can see everything for what it really says, there's no taking them off. This is absolutely incredible. This is, this is incredible. These institutions are crumbling. They're crumbling. I like it. I think it's unfortunate that a lot of good people are getting sucked up into all of this, but even so, if they can't connect the dots and they're still attending and they're walking right into the slaughterhouse at this point without any individual thought, that's on them. It's on them. Schools can't find substitutes, can't find teachers, and can't figure out why. Churches are losing money, they're losing their congregations, and they can't for the life of them figure out why. They just can't figure it out. I don't know how this is going to end. I really don't. I don't think any of us really know how this is going to end, but we've got to stay alive so we can see the ending to this one, because this is absolutely incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this is a long episode, but as you could tell, lots to go over here. I will catch you on Monday. Have a great weekend. God bless and take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.